When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Afternoons with Staffy. Today it is a Thursday. And today on the show, the first hour, we did the Staffy M Awards. What is that? That is the Bunnings MPC Team of the Year. Similar to the Dally M's, but we just need it. The Staffy Ems. So a player from each position, we opened it up for phone calls, text votes, and at the end of it we announced the team as voted by you, the listeners, and also handed out the first ever Staffy M medal for the best player of the year. I was surprised who got the most votes. Um, I didn't think he would, but very, very deserving. So have a listen to who won the overall one on that. We talked to Dave Deal. He's got a company called Boystrip. And they are over at Bathurst at the moment with a big Kiwi contingent to experience Mount Panorama this weekend. He's been there eight times. So just from the fan perspective and the logistics of it all, being at Bathurst, a really good chat with Dave. Uh, Tony Johnson, as always, on a Thursday, we previewed the quarterfinals of the NPC as well. Um, and uh, we kept you up to date with the Bathurst timings and things like that. But what's making news, there were some rippers there from Sammy Hewitt today. We played the vault again. It will jackpot tomorrow. So uh, get yourself ready. It's a $100 voucher up for grabs now as you try and guess the piece of audio that Sammy has locked away into the vault. And we caught up with Dan Roberts, an up-and-coming youngster in the greyhound industry. He hosts Dog Speed on Sundays. He's also a trainer. He used to be a harness driver as well. He's done it all in racing. And, of course, the big one for Thursday is show me the money. Sam's been begging for us to be conservative. He got his wish. Can we get the four-leg multi up for our contestant this week. This is the Afternoons with Staffy Podcast. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz, here to get you through your workday. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. afternoon just after 12 o'clock you're on afternoons with Steffi in association with Gull Gull.nz great team great team they fuel your mission all year round and they are with us every afternoon and we really do appreciate being alongside them fueling my afternoon and fueling my Toyota 
loving their work. Going to have fun this hour. We, we sort of teased it yesterday and I gave you some homework. I hope you've done your homework because I need some help in uh, naming our MPC team of the season. So thinking about Dally M's, this is the Staffy M's. And it's round-robin play. So every team's had the same number of games. Make your picks. Make your picks. There's a few players have made the odd cameo. They haven't made my 15. But I'm just flicking over my pages trying to find my team again. Here it is. Like there's a few positions I've got two or three teams named, uh, two or three p- players named in each position. So I want your votes, uh, your phone votes on 0800 150 uh, We'll start that shortly. Uh, we're going to talk to David Deal. He is the director of a company called Boys Trip, and they are over at Bathurst right now. He takes um, he takes groups of people to things like uh, Grand Prix. Uh, State of Origin, NRL Finals, all of that. Uh, there hasn't been much of that for the last couple of years, but he's back at Bathurst with, I, I think it's like 130 or 160 New Zealanders to go and watch Bathurst. So we've heard lots about the drivers, but fan perspective and the guys and the people he takes, I just want to talk about the experience over there um, for the fan that actually attends. Like I'm a big fan of Bathurst on the couch on Sunday. I'll be booked in for that chips dip and uh, bacon and banana toasted sandwiches probably for my Sunday watching Bathurst Um, so David Deal will be joining us Tony Johnson Sky Sport Rugby commentator having a look at the quarterfinals of course and um, some amazingly awesome matches coming up in that Um, can I just say I hope that you don't cook those nasty sausages for your Bathurst what, Uh, what nasty sausages you know the ones I'm talking about no such thing as a nasty sausage. The one, oh, those the, the, the abomination that the you abomination. cooked up a couple of months ago. Do not be doing that again, please. Did I tell you how that resolved? No, I complained. You, you, I complained complain, to the yeah. company. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they emailed me back and said, "What's the batch number? What's the this? What's the that?" And I said, "I've got the batch number." I threw them all out with the packet. Um, disgraceful. Uh, they sent me a voucher for $30 worth of their product from a supermarket of my choice. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not the worst thing. No, it was great. Yeah, but what's that, two, probably two bags of sausage? No, see, I didn't buy the, I didn't rebuy the same ones. Okay. I, I, I went upper grade. Upper class. So it was, it was their cheaper, it was their cheaper version. And you'll be cranking those out for Bathurst or? Oh, they're well gone. Oh, okay. They're well gone. No, I've got the uh, wholesale meats guys. I've got one packet of those left, um, Rushy. Sent me up those saucies, remember? Wasn't it Bathurst last year, you got you went and got a pack of Izzy's ribs? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did too. Because I'd had them like the week before. Good they're memory. Actually, they're not bad. They're actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, Izzy's ribs. It's real dig. Ah, jeez, we've gone on a transition there. We're going to hopefully squeeze in what's making news, because um, that's always a good time. Uh, Brennan Popwell. We're going to play the Vault uh, 140-ish today. 140-ish, not 240-ish, because we're only here till three, and I'll tell you why shortly. Um, so the vault, uh, we're going to do our charity bets. Tony Johnson, I mentioned. We're going to catch up with Dan Roberts. He is the co-host of Dog Speed on Sundays. He's a greyhound trainer in his own right. Always love chatting to the people in that industry. We'll play Show Me the Money at about quarter to three. So that is where you can join in and be part of our $50 TAB bonus bet multi. Sam's feeling very strongly tactically what we should do. (laughs) Good luck convincing me. Um, And we will have a look back in the day. But Midday Madness, I want to know, 
the MPC team of the year. We're going to call it the Staffy M's. Uh, the Dally M's were last week or the week before. Um, so the Staffy M's, the MPC. We need a player in each position. I was going to do just one lock, one wing, one prop, but no, we'll do a full 15. A full 15. Um, I've written down one player for every position except for one, two, three. I've got multi-names, like two or three names, because I just can't decide. Now, admittedly, I haven't watched every single game either, and I haven't watched every single team. I've watched every team at least two or three times, and that's how I've formed my opinion. So I want you to call me on 0800 150 Please do it now, uh, because we always seem to get lots of calls at the end of the midday madness, and we, we are rushing through. Give me your plays. Um, Ken, you can even ring. We had the prediction yesterday that Ken would nominate 15 Aucklanders. <laughs> I don't think he'd go that far. He'd, he'd probably do 14 just to show he's balanced. But your top NPC performers, if there was such a thing as a Staffy M's, and here's the other thing we'll do. You can also text them through if you can't, if you can't call. We'll combine all of the votes on the phone calls um, and the texts, and they'll be the player of the year. Which is the? Uh, it's not the Clive Churchill. It's the. Uh, it's the. Uh, oh, is it the Dallium? Oh yes, the Dallium Player of the Year. So the Staffy M Player of the Year will be the one with the most votes, any position that come in. So please call oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Your players. You can do more than one. Your players of the year and the positions they fill. Well, listen, Buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. First text gig, Cullen Grace, number eight. How many games did he play, though? Like, I'd love to... uh, It's not who should be in the All Blacks and who isn't, but if you truly think him, gig, the very first text through, hot off the press... Cullen Grace, I'm not sure how many games he played. I've got the feeling Sam's typing and looking. Oh, no, he's not. I thought you were typing and looking up how many games Cullen Grace played. Um, he's not my number eight. Um, I might have a controversial one. I might have a couple of controversial ones. Now, the thing is, there's no right or wrong answers here, but it, it's all going to be same as the lollies, same as the bickies. Voting will win each position. Um, where's the one I think everyone will agree with me? Probably, well, I don't know if everyone will agree with any of mine, actually. Uh, I, I want to give out some of mine to uh, encourage you to ring. I think the one that can't be argued against quite strongly would be Tavita Lee from North Harbour. I think he's been incredible. He's one of my wings. I've got a bit of a rookie on the other wing. I've got a coming-of-age player at 10. I've got three halfbacks, and I don't know which one to choose. And I could probably have four, because if you listen often enough, I'm a big fan of Cortez Ratama, and he wasn't in my three, but I've now made it four. Um, I've got three sevens. I think because no one stood out to me. No one stood out to me in the sevens, but I've got three sevens. Um, I've got three locks, and I need to drop that down to two. So need some help with locks, need some help with uh, open side flanker, definitely need help with um, halfback because I've now got four. I've got one down for hooker but because I had to choose one, but I think there's a 
potentially three different ones I could have there. Struggled a bit with props, but very happy with the two I've landed on. So um, very good. Uh, Cullen Grace had four games out of nine. Is it nine? I think it's... Yeah, I think it's nine games, four games. Oh, maybe he could sneak in then. Maybe he could sneak into my team. But the guy I've chosen, I think, played every game except one. Yeah, every game except one. Um, so, yeah, halfbacks, open side flanker, and I've got three locks and it needs to be two. So give us a hand. Uh, Richard's text through a halfback. Yes, Richard, he was one of my original three. Um. Tavita Lee on the wings from oh go the Messi Mafia <laughs> Tavita Lee and Mark Tillia on the wings I think Tavita Lee's had a, a big big impact this year, big impact so he's definitely one wing not the other wing for me, not Mark Tillia at the moment but I tell you what, you've got Mark Tillia he, he does get a he'll get a, a vote uh, Mark from Christchurch has text two through uh, they are both in my team, Mark. I don't want to give them away yet because I do want some callers. Um, uh, and then we see lots of texts for one particular halfback. Don't want to give it away though because I do want to encourage your text. Double eight double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven is the number to call and tell me who your best players, best players of the NPC are. We go to Aperahama. Kia ora. Good boy. I just want to get the ball rolling, eh? So good boy. To solidify your hooker, it's got to be a Safar Moore. That's the um, one I had. Unless we want to put him on the wing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, he hasn't got that many tries, but man, he's been so damaging all year. And uh, being a Lions fan, I'm, I'm putting the bro in. Um, he and, did get uh, four tries in the last game. Yeah, but he didn't get that many in the season. I think he only got five, but. The way he's played, I was like so surprised that he yeah. <laughs> saved them all up in that last game. Uh, yeah, Tavita Lee, the, the you know, no, bit of a comeback. I like a, like a good comeback story because yeah. you know he's been around for a while. Um, and I haven't watched a lot of other stuff, but uh, D Mac, he's been going all right for Waikato. Eh? He's been going all right. Yeah, I think he's had That's one good. of his better defensive years. Actually, he's made a lot of try saving tackles and reads the game well. So uh, that's, that's just a handful to get the ball rolling. Uh, where would you, where would you have D Mac? Ten or fifteen? Ten. Ten. He's been playing eight. Okay. All right. I'm putting him down. He wasn't my ten, but he's in now. He's in to be voted on. Good on you, Peter Hummer. Thanks for calling. Okay. Um. Gosh, lots of texts. See, we had 16 texts and one phone call. It's midday madness, folks. It's phone call time. 0800 150 811. Make your case. Make your case. Um, very keen to hear from you. Um, DMAC at 10. Yeah. he can't. He's one of those players that can suffer from previous greatness. And if he's not absolutely amazing, you can incorrectly assess him as not playing very well. But as opposed to the other in the comp. I think he's had a really good season. Really, really good season. Oh, going all the way over to the beautiful Western Australia, Blackie. G'day, Blackie. Hey, mate, how are you? Very well. Thanks for calling. No worries. Nothing else to do on a nice morning. <laughs> Except avoid the magpies. 
couple of them out there. <laughs> Who are you plumping for? Hey, um, yeah, I might be accused of being a bit one-eyed, but um, I've been watching that uh, 12 at Canterbury, Poi Hippie. Yes. Ramika Poi Hippie. Yeah, he's very much like, you know, I thought, uh, um, Warwick Taylor-like. Just does the job, mm. does, his, does all the basics and uh, pops up in the right places. Well, without a word of a lie... I'd written down one number twelve, and it's the same one you've yep. just said. So there you go. We must oh, both we're both great <laughs> judges or terrible judges. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, he's a quality player. Um, how's life in Perth, mate? Oh yeah, wake up breathing, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> You're a simple man, aren't you? With simple pleasures, guarantees <laughs> happiness. <laughs> guarantees happiness. Yeah. Good yeah. on you, buddy. Always. All right, cheers, that. Good to hear from you, Ramika Poi. Hippie gets a vote from Blackie. Wonder when an Auckland caller is going to ring through and just sprinkle us full of Aucklanders. Probably now. Good afternoon, Zaid. Good afternoon. <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. Let's hear them. I'm not going to be fully biased, but, but there is quite a guy. Like I'm not sure if, what, what your thoughts are on him. For, the, um, for number eight, Jackson Pugh, the young Aussie guy. Jackson Pugh. No, hadn't. Yeah, young Aussie guy. He's been playing quite well in the um, in the scrums. I think he's from the Western Force. Yeah. And Super Rugby, but he's been one of our more better loose forwards. Um, Blake Gibson's usually not too bad as well if he gets going. But I think our best player of the season, by far, has been AJ Lamb. I'm not sure if you put him on the centres or the wing. If you were to pick him, he's been he's starting on the centres this weekend for um Auckland tomorrow night. But um. And uh, like we said, I think North Harbour's going to struggle with the forwards because the uh, Auckland boys are bringing some reinforcements with uh, big Paddy Two-Ups and a Kerry Wani. And um, Angus, 50th game, and uh, Alex Hodgman are both starting their props. So I think North Harbour's got to watch out a bit for the, um, for the Auckland boys' scrum tomorrow night. Mm, yeah, they'll roll their sleeves up though, Harbour. Don't worry about that. Anyone from Harbour? Yeah. Would that, or is that, is that like fire in your mouth to suggest a Harbour player would make oh, the top Tavita, 15? Tavita Lee, yeah. Tavita Lee, you agree with? Yeah, Tavita Lee. Well, he is a blue as well, so he can kind of claim him. <laughs> um, used to be a blue back in the day. Mark Talia has been pretty good. Yeah, um, Pre- pretty good's been not going to make it, pretty... mate. Pretty good's not going to make it. you got to be amazing. He's been good all year, really. He was good for the blues. Um I thought um, Jamie Booth's been quite good as well for Harbour. And a young first five, I like his um, refers Ray Heiner from Northland. I reckon he's yeah. been real good, outstanding he has first too. five this year. And um, also, um, Fergus Burke's good for um, Canterbury. And I was quite impressed with their um, young guy that played one game against Auckland. Um, Alex Harford looks like quite a good young player, maybe probably in the Crusaders Academy, like another first five, one of the 100 they have, you know? Mm. Good spotting. They just reduce their five after first five down there, don't they? Really, you know. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's it's just a factory. So. Good man. Yeah. Good team. Well, see, you've managed to take your Auckland patch off, mate. I'm proud of you. But I'll be definitely heading along tomorrow night and come on Auckland. So go on, son. Yeah. Good on you, Zay. Yeah. Sweet. Cheers, Thank buddy. Jeez, um, I didn't say Zan Sullivan. I thought I'd hear him say Zan Sullivan. We'll go to Graham, and God knows where he is. G'day, Graham. And Masterton. Oh, nice. Home sweet home. Yeah. <laughs> well, they couldn't get over the room tuckers. If I did, I wouldn't have got back. Oh, true. So, uh, at home, mate, yeah. God, is there a plethora? I love that word. Is there a plethora of a sport this weekend, mate? A oh, plethora. My God. I know. It's stacked. 
I don't think I've got enough channels on Skype to blimmin' records it, blimmin' <laughs> Oh, I know. It's tough. Hey, mate, I made a, a note to myself last week um, before they announced that there was an A-team tour to, um, to so suggest to you that a good topic would be what, what's the the next um, All Black um, team outside of the current All Blacks? Yeah, nice. Name the NPC teams. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right. <laughs> I've named the whole blimmin' team, mate. That's what I've done. Shall I wrap them up? Yes, please. Okay, in brackets for number one, Numia um, and Tomati Williams, Canterbury and Wellington. Um, hooker, um, Amour and Eklund. Number three, um, Mafaleo and Oli Jager. Uh, number four, Dominic Bird. Number five, Vai. Number six, Rush, Northland. Seven, Tom Christie. Probably the unluckiest guy to be not to be an All Black at the moment. Eight, Jacobson. Nine, Weber. Ten, Gatland. Both you and I agree with that. He's playing out of his skin. Mm. Eleven, Bridge. Twelve, Toala, Hawke's Bay. Thirteen, Proctor, Wellington. Fourteen, Ruasi, Auckland. Fifteen, Hard Choice, Stevenson, um, Harbour, and Love, Wellington. Wow. What a team. Now, I'm just going to tell you, the ones you've got in common with me here is... One, two, three, four, five, six. Six of the 15 are the same as mine. That's not bad. That's all right. That's that. I might be wrong nine times or doesn't matter. There's probably no right or wrong answer, but yeah, good, good, good names. Good names. Cool. I thought it was a good subject, mate. Yes. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, Graham. Um, quick break on the other side Dino from Dunedin will be joining us and you can too 0800 150 811 it's Midday Madness give us a yell Oh a lot of text votes coming through for the Staff EMs which is the MPC Players of the Year in each position Dino from Dunedin g'day Dino Yeah Staffy I've just caught the last of that last guy's team he's pretty much on the money with, with a lot of them I, I wouldn't go down even trying to do that, but if I was looking at it from who I would like to see go on the end of year tour, which isn't what you're asking for, I'd like to see the boy Thompson giving a go to hooker for Hawks Bay. Yep. I'd like to see Amoa giving another go because he got the apprenticeship thing about three years ago and that he'd done something wrong, I don't know, but he's making every post a winner this year for Wellington. And for me, you've got to be careful. Like MPC, I know it's not what you're asking, but it's definitely not. Super rugby and it's definitely not all black rugby, but Damien McKenzie for me, after that kick in the weekend, mm. he's got to be there. He's and a clutch now, player, he's a clutch player, D Mac. But at 10, at, at 10, mate, I'm sick of this plant fullback, plant 10. I don't want to see these two. Honestly, he's too small. He's world class 10. Leave him there. I reckon he can start at 10 in the World Cup, but that's just my opinion. Um, and we need a seven to help Dalton. So I would. I really like Billy Harmon, but there's a reason why those that know in Canterbury pick Christie, so far be it from me to, to go against Christie. Yep. So I think he would he would get the nod just on just on the people that are picking him ahead of Harmon and we're lucky enough to get Harmon in the Highlanders. At least that's one thing I'd say, Staffy, that I like. You know, that rather than having two sevens sitting in the grandstand or one of them sitting in the grandstand, at least two quality players are on the field. I think Super Rugby could do a lot better with the distribution of talent around New Zealand that they're actually 
playing against each other, these wannabe All Blacks, and then rooming with a guy that's pretty damn close, if you know what I mean. Mm. I know, what, I know exactly what you're saying. But, yeah, but food for thought, but I'm so looking forward to this weekend. Like, have they named the Auckland team yet? I haven't had the radio on. I've been trying to dodge, dodge snowflakes down here in Dunedin. <laughs> Picturesque. But no good for anything else. Yeah, they have named the team. And if you just stand by, I'll read it out to you. I'm hurriedly... Um, come on. NPC, NPC. And then I hit Auckland. Right. Their team is... Hodgman, uh, Vikina and Ta'avau on the front row. Tui Palotu and Dalzell. Locks. Loose forwards, Akira Yuani, Blake Gibson and Pugh, who Zaid put a vote in. Uh, Funaki, Plummer, um, Aoake is one wing. Uh, Evans, the second five, who I rate. Uh, AJ Lamb is at centre, although he's made my team in the wing. Uh, Roger Tuavasa-Shek on the wing and Jordan Trainer at fullback. And uh, big names on the bench. Lenny Upperside will be the reserve hooker. Simon Hickey, reserve back. So that's their team. North Harbour haven't named these yet. So, are Clark and Rico are they not are they not available? Looks like it. Yep, but that'll be a um, that'll be a workload thing. I would say uh, they might pop up next week, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't get workload for outside backs, mate. Honestly, yeah, I'm, I just don't understand. I think I'm with you too. I guess- I guess the grunters up front, like totally, like Sam Whitelock, just rest him in cotton wool until the World Cup quarterfinals, but in some game time. But outside backs, I'm, I'm liking that they're putting Roger. I wonder if that's a, a, a well, I can't think of the word right now. But I wonder if they were given instruction from those above to give him a run there, because I, I think he's made for the wing. To so be really right. honest, I think from fullback to league, we spoke about it before, mate. Like. The midfield, it's too tough. Like, he's a quality player, quality trainer, quality individual. I'm looking forward to that now. I might actually change my picks at the pub. I wanted to hear that team. And you can only change them before Friday, so luckily that game's on Friday. Mm. So I think Auckland might just have a few too many guns now for North Harbour. With, I'm liking a cure at that level too. Like He could be an absolute beast down there. So, yeah. Mate, I will change my pick. Change your pick. To Good on you, buddy. Yep, Thanks, thanks, buddy. thanks Dino. We've got to go to new sport and weather now. Uh, give us a yell. 0800 your best players in the NPC for this season, and we'll hand out the awards after one. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. I've just seen on the internet that um, Adam Gilchrist has just said that he can't remember seeing a better shot in cricket history than one played last night by Kyle Mayers. He's the opening batsman in West Indies against Australia, and I've just watched the shot. Unbelievable. (laughs) It is uh, probably on a length, just outside off stump, and he opens up his front foot, the left-hander does, and that beautiful high elbow follow-through six-over cover. It is an unreal shot, and it goes a long, long way. But anyway, back to the matter at hand, the NPC team of the season. Um, I'll tell you what mine was before I came in. So this is before I came in, and that was just my starting guide. Now, some of them are changed by the number of votes, okay? So 
this is what I had. Um, and no one's voted for this guy at fullback, but he was mine, Chase Teatia. I just think what he provides is an unbelievable threat out the back. I, I've thought this about this guy for a long time at, at any level of rugby. He's just got that uh, unpredictable nature of him. He's got an amazing offload game, pops up at the right place, good kicking game, he's got speed. Um, I think Chase Teatia has been good this season, but he uh, we've had a lot of votes for another fullback and a couple and a couple of single votes for others. Uh, I also had Tavita Lee, um, and he's strongly voted for. I think we could almost lock him in as one of the wings. My centre, I've got Balin Sullivan is my centre of the year so far. I just big raps on this guy. I think he could be anything. At number 12, I mentioned earlier, Rameka Poihipi uh, from Canterbury. The Wings. The Wings, I had, oh, Tavita Lee, of course, and the other wing, I had Maka Springer. Um, now, he's had votes as well, but so has AJ Lamb. So for this, for this, I know he's playing centre this week, but I think most of it's been on the wing. So if you want to vote for him, AJ Lamb from Auckland in the wing. Uh, the 10, I had Bryn Gatland. Uh, at number nine, I sort of had three, but probably two. The two I had uh, was from Counties, Camaroy Guard. I think he's been wonderful this year. And Brad Weber just continues his, just doesn't have a bad game, Brad Weber, and tag onto that. Just a leader. Um, I've thought all year that the All Blacks could have done with him. But so Roy Guard and Weber were my brackets. Number eight. And I didn't mention this earlier because you'd say I was biased, but he has had votes on the text line as well. Braden Yossi from Manawatu. Now, if you've watched any Manawatu games, this guy in a team that was winning games or had a bit more support around him, he is he is freakishly good. Just plays his heart out, and he's a defender. He beats he beats defenders himself. He's a line out option. He's the captain. I thought. Clearly the best player for Manawatu this year. And not just because it's Manawatu. I just think in the number eight stocks, he was the best on show for the NPC. Number seven, I had three bracketed here. Duplicy Karefi, Tom Christie and James Lynchies. Um, quite different players from each other. Um, the text votes and phone votes probably sway it towards Christie at the moment. Well, they do sway it towards Christie at the moment. Number six, Tanifar Rush. Wow, what a season he's having. Um, he is my number six. I had three locks, so I need your votes on locks to um, try and get the top two. Uh, James Blackwell from Wellington. I think you need an industrial lock. And uh, he was actually a Property Brokers Masterclass recipient uh, two or three weeks ago, James Blackwell. And I had Manaki Selby Rickett. Um, good season for him. And Tom Parsons was another one. I had from Hawke's Bay. I think he's been really good as well. Uh, but we've had a, had a whole lot of single votes for locks. So happy to get more votes on your locks. 0800 150 Phone lines are open. Um, front rowers. Boy, this is probably... Um, this is probably the one we've had the most... Uh, most players represented. Um, so just running through the ones we've had voted for can't even read my own writing. Uh, Tamaiti Williams was mine. Tamaiti Williams and Ollie Norris were mine. Um, but we've had others for Mafaleo, Ollie Yeager, um, Alex Hodgman, a whole heap of them. And my hooker was a Safawa Moore. 
I do like the Canterbury hooker though, the young fella. I do really, really like him. Um, and then we've had strong voting. Look, in the halfbacks, so far, so whoever gets the most votes overall is going to win the Staffy M, is going to win the overall. And their prizes, they'll get a photo on the Afternoons with Staffy Instagram page <laughs> acknowledging their victory. And we will tag them and hope they'll see it. Hope that they will see that you people have voted this particular player as their overall NPC performer. And I would, there is one player, and I have read their name out amongst about the 23, 24 names I just read. There is one player that has had twice the number of votes of the second place in the overall situation, okay? Which is, and I would not have picked it, would have been this player. Would not have picked it. And a clue? He's not playing this week. So he, he, they didn't make the top eight teams. Let's go and have a chat down in Dunedin, uh, and we'll have a chat to Cliff. G'day, Cliff. G'day, Staffy. How you doing? Good, thank you. Oh, that's good. Hey, I um, just, just want to have a quick word about the, the Women's Rugby World Cup starting this weekend. Yes. I don't know whether I've heard much about the reasoning of having all the games in Whangarei, Waitakere and Eden Park. And it's on Spark. Now, fair enough if Spark have picked it up, well, that's fine. I don't know why they'll be playing all the games so close to Auckland. I've I, got the idea maybe that everybody's, all the 26 teams are all staying in, uh, in Auckland and then they're bussing them up to the games each day, playing three games in a, one day in Whangarei. You know, Whangarei's got 11 games. They're playing... Three three lots of Saturday games in Fongaray plus two uh, quarterfinals, and I'm thinking, is Fongaray deserve to have eleven World Cup women's rugby games at Fongaray? Is it too much for a, a, t- a city of that size that, that the people there are going to keep coming out and watching the same? Well, they're going to drag most of the same people. Mm. Some people will go to every game. Some might go to other games, but. 11 games in three weeks of women's rugby in one city, a small city like Whangarei, just seems overkill. Why didn't Hamilton and Rotorua even get them? Or Tauranga? I mean, they're only another hour, two, a couple of hours down the road, the other way. Yeah. Is, was there no money put into this thing? Did Air New Zealand not want to sponsor them with, with cheap airfares or be the major sponsor? It looks like it's been done very cheap. What do you reckon? Yeah, I thought Hamilton should have got a crack because that's only an hour and a half from Auckland. Whangarei is three hours, I think. So Hamilton is a lot closer and it's a different catchment, isn't it? So it's it's pretty much... Well, Hamilton. the Hamilton people can come to the Auckland game, but Sammy Hewitt, my producer, is all over the logistics. So you stay there, you stay there, Cliff. And Sam, what what's your intel about why? Not 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 it's not like I've done any deep digging, but I'm listening to Melody Robertson this morning. They basically asked you, as he said, why aren't you bring games to Christchurch? And she was very, very clear and it mirrored exactly what happened with the Warriors who wanted they tried casting it far and wide to take games around New Zealand next year to Christchurch, to Wellington, to wherever they could. The problem lies with your local council, Cliff, because they have to pay to have the event in their city and they are not stumping up the cash. Christchurch in particular have been very, very anti 
getting these events to Christchurch. The Warriors is an example. The Women's World Cup is another example. Now, you might look at that and say, fair enough, given we're in sort of an election cycle. There are bigger issues out there. I get that, right? We're dealing with COVID, et cetera. But I think a lot of the blame for these games not being outside of Auckland are local councils not wanting to stump up the cash to host these events in their city. Yeah, but why? Why would Northland gets eleven? It just seems overkill. That, well, what if that they somebody put, yeah. like Rotorua, Tauranga, or Hamilton didn't want it? Now, to me, those those catchments could have adopted a couple of teams each. They could have based themselves Japan and yep. America could have been in Tauranga. Yep. Yep. It, to me, it's it's the whole World Cup looks like it's been managed in a tiny wee area where. Nobody really knows anything about it outside the Northland. It's basically the Blues boundary. It's not going anywhere out of there. And to me, it's it looks like it's been done on the cheap because nobody wants to put any money into it, whether it's government, local council, Air New Zealand or whoever. It's We've picked up the World Cup and nobody really wants to put anything into it. I'll tell you what, Cliff, tomorrow we're doing a World Cup show uh, from Andy's Burgers and Bar in Sky City and bang on 12, Melody Robinson is going to join me for the first half hour, so I'm going to put this to her on behalf of you and a number of other people, so do tune in at 12 o'clock tomorrow and we'll have Melody Robinson who can probably explain it a bit better than us. How about that? Well, well, this is, you know, I remember back in uh, the World Cup and uh, the first World Cup, 1987. What was it? 87. The 87 World Cup here was the first, and it was all new. And even some of the, the major games weren't sold out, but at least it was new. You know, this is 2022. This is the Rugby World Cup for women, and it's been, and it looks awfully cheaply done. It just, look, I've got a cobber whose girl plays for the Otago side. I don't know whether she. Don't know, but there's a good following of, of rugby women in Dunedin. And how are they going to get to the likes of Northland? How do you mm. fly to Northland? It's it's such an expensive way to try and go and watch games. If you wanted to follow some of these teams to fly from Dunedin or Christchurch to Auckland and then fly to to Whangarei, it's just the logistical amount of people that have got to go into the I don't know. To me, you know, they were offering three games on one day for $20. And I mean, look, it's cheap and it, it gets bums on seats. But it just it just looks very amateurist. I don't know whether the New Zealand Rugby Union or NZR have, have picked this up and have decided they had to take it, but they haven't really, they haven't grabbed and run with it. Mm. It looks like they've left it for this. Yeah, Cliff, we've got to shoot off to an ad break, but do tune in from 12 when we'll address these and other issues. Back in a moment. Do keep your votes coming in for the Staffy M's, the best MPC team made up of individuals right across the competition, and uh, I'll announce those after one. Um, Henry's texting about the Women's World Cup being um, in the one place, saying, I thought it was because... When they made the draw, they were still worried about COVID and having it in one area, and it was easier to manage. That's what I thought for a long time. Um, 
But just right, and just probably preface what I was saying before. Like I'm not sure. I'm not, that's probably not the only reason the council well, is not pit- standing up. The they count. pitched and they pitched it in 2018 before COVID was even in the world. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so it, it definitely isn't the sole reason. But the good news is, Staffy, as you said, I think we can probably ask this, sit down and really crack it out with uh, mm. Mal tomorrow and, and work it out. Um, Harlem Shine, here's a name. Uh, when, when they lads awesome show. Uh, Cool. Uh, the tournament was organised in the heart of COVID, so I guess New Zealand rugby did not want teams travelling around the country just in case players got the bug. It makes sense to me, keep it all in the same zone. I think part of it was financial, uh, logistics, um, three stadiums that have to adhere to that clean stadia type scenarios they have as well. Also the playing surface in Whangarei, just to defend Whangarei a little bit, they don't get much up there. It's a wonderful cricket ground as well, and they don't get much international stuff up there. And it's a big catchment, you know, Kaitaia all the way down to Oriwa, even Auckland if you want to go up there. Um, Smithy talked to the English woman who was one of the big wings for the women's rugby tournament yesterday, and he asked her about only three venues, and she said that is what the New Zealand Rugby Union said was going to happen when they put the bid in to get the tournament in 2018. So not because of COVID or any other excuse from Carl. Um but yeah, we're doing the show tomorrow from Andy's Burgers and Bar in the Sky City Precinct, just up the one escalator and out there on the right. So we'll be there. And Melody Robinson will be joining us for the first half hour or so, as long as we can keep her there, just to talk about the Rugby World Cup. We'll have a break and we'll come back. Through about the Women's World Cup, where it's being played, um, from Shannon. Uh, and Shannon's from Whangarei. Uh, I agree with the previous caller about sharing the Women's World Cup games around Hamilton. Around. Hamilton should have been first choice after Auckland, and I'm from Whangarei. There will be a big crowd for the Black Ferns matches up here. I just don't know about the other pool matches. We'll wait and see. Good opportunity for Whangarei. Um, big centres get everything, and I, and I know that. So I, I'm genuinely happy for the people for Whang, from Whangarei. But um, councils... Uh, complain to the council. Go and ask the people, the, the events people at your councils, why there's no Women's World Cup. I'd like to hear their response, actually, particularly Christchurch. Um, yeah, I would have liked to seen it around. I remember 2011, um, all around the country. It's fantastic. And adopt a team. I love that too. Uh, coming up to one o'clock, I'll tell you who the Dallium MPC Team of the Year is after the news. Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Get ready for a workday pick-me-up. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. You're on Afternoons with Staffy in association with Gull. They fuel your mission all year round. Go and register on gull.nz. And the reason you register is they'll send you a little text message or an email on their big savings day. And uh, it varies their specials, but it's well, just register. It's free. They don't spam you. They just tell you when the special day is. It's a great way to be involved with Gull, and we love being involved with them. Um, We're here till three today because there's a new show starting today. Phoenix Nation. Phoenix Nation, it's called, and uh, Ricardo Ball, and it's going to be each week 
on a Thursday, three till four, and of course the Wellington Phoenix getting up and underway and a whole lot of home games, which is great because they've been away, they've been doing it tough. You know, think breakers, think warriors, and just all of the sport that's been affected by COVID, and um, they're back home, and it's fantastic. So three till four, um, the Phoenix football radio show. Oh, jeepers. Um, I was just looking up on the app what the name of the show was and uh, it started playing on my phone. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy Hewitt, you've, you've sauntered into the studio. I didn't even know you were coming in, but I know why you're here. Why is that? Because you're up and about. I am. For Spark Sport. I know. Yeah. And uh, it's a big old weekend for them. What are you looking at? Nothing. Nothing. It is a very big weekend for Spark Sport, so should I run you through it? Yes, you should, please. Just take your pick, really. Um, Women's World Cup. Women's World Cup is probably the big one, right? Um, it is underway this weekend, as we all know, and it is all live on Spark for the people who are... And the good thing about Spark, someone texts you say, saying you have to sign up for like a period of time. Not at all. You just sign up for however long you want. You can... Yeah, they have you know, a month, because when I signed up just the other day, it's a month, um, or it's six months, mm-hmm. or it's 12 months, and you know, uh, six months is less than six times a month. But yes. I'm just going to do the month. I'm just going to do the month, and yep. then the next month, and... Away we go. And, of course, the Rugby League World Cup's on it as well. It is. So uh, we start with the uh, Women's World Cup, which I think we've got... Six. Six games? I think it's three Saturday, three Sunday. I think you're right. So on Saturday, we've got South Africa, France at one forty-five, and then Fiji, England at 4.15, and then Australia, New Zealand at 6.45. This is obviously build up. The kickoffs will be you know half an hour later. Um, and then on the Sunday, you've got USA, Italy at 12.15, and you've got Japan, Canada at 2.45, Wales, Scotland at 5.15 on the Sunday. So, yep, so uh, half hour build-ups. Yeah, yep. um, which is fantastic. So, yeah, Women's World Cup, um, that's going to be fantastic. The uh, Black Caps are playing this weekend in the Tri-Series T20. That has snuck up, eh? Hey? I had a mate text me saying, what are the Black Caps doing playing cricket when it's so cold? <laughs> uh, which is fair. You know, it's snowing down south. Uh, but Pakistan, Bangladesh, here for a Tri-Series. How much will they be enjoying the snow? <laughs> oh, that'll be, that'll be so foreign to them. I bet their spinners are having the time of their life. Um, so Bangladesh, Pakistan on Friday, and then Black Caps uh, playing Pakistan on Saturday, Bangladesh on Sunday. So sort of a double header, which is uh, which is fantastic. So a bit of international cricket on your radar, the T20s, uh, which, uh, which are all live on Spark Sport. Uh, Formula One, and I've said, Steph. Oh, I've lost the sweepstake. What's the sweepstake? We had a sweep about how long it would take you to mention Formula One, and I said 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys paying me? or No, no, I have to pay Kez. Oh, okay. Um, what was your over-under on that, Kez, by he, the way? 10 seconds. <laughs> Gee, okay. Kick off right away. Kick it off with Formula One. What Rush do I say, him. Steph? If, you wanna, if you've watched Drive to Survive, or if you haven't, go and watch it. If you've watched it and you've thought to yourself, man, I might get into a bit of Formula One, maybe I'll watch a race or two. Or if you're keen to get into it, but the times are terrible, this is the weekend because it's in Japan and the race starts at, I think it's 6 p.m., which is on a Sunday. On a Sunday? On a Sunday when you're probably recovering from a big weekend, park up on the couch, put a blanket over your legs. Why not watch Max Verstappen win you know, back-to-back world titles? Put say a blanket over your I put a blanket over my legs. Mate. There's nothing wrong. Have a cup of tea. And just enjoy yourself on a Sunday evening. Uh, Max looking to get back-to-back titles. Do you have macaroni cheese when the blanket's on your leg? No. No, no. no. Maybe do you a do bowl. some knitting? No, a bowl or of cereal. Crochet or a bowl of cereal. Paint by numbers. You know that's my thing. Paint <laughs> by numbers. Um, so, Formula One on Sunday. And then, of course, all of our favourite staff, the NBA preseason and the NFL on Monday. Three games. 
Three games. See, starting, I know now. Start, I know now. Starting at 6 a.m. on Monday morning, the Bucks play the Falcons. Tommy touchdowns and um, big question mark over his performance, how that's going to go given the rumours around him and Giselle, which has broken my heart. I'm not going to lie, Steph. That was one of the power couples for me that I just mm. thought would never, they just were so solid, so stable. Why has it fallen over? Well, I think the reports and my suspicions are, are in line with them is that when you watch documentaries, and I've watched many on Tommy, um, you get a sense of how much Giselle does you know, so that he can play football, looking after the kids, you know, the house, all that sort of stuff. And I think she was secretly very happy when he announced his retirement uh, and thought, now's my time to, you know, now's Tommy's time to do his thing and, um, you know, to take over and for me to do my thing. And then, of course, Tommy backflips and says, no, nah, I'm going to go again and I'm going to play for Tampa again. So, and I think she might have just gone, Tommy, we spoke about this. It's my time now. And that's caused the conflict, and that's why they're getting Here's what I'm prepared to separated. Do. Here's yeah. what I'm prepared to do. Okay. I'm prepared to step up for Giselle and be the person that she needs in her life. <sighs> You're a brave man, Mark. Brave? You're brave. Selfless? Yep. I'll help. Gosh, that's selfless from you, Mark. Yeah, I'll help bring up the kids. you got to kiss them on the lips, you know that? Kiss who? His kids. Remember that was the big controversy oh, yes. in his documentary? He that's kissed true. his son on the lips, and it just went like yeah. viral. David Beckham does it as well. Yeah, I don't know that I'd do that. Not my. They're it's not definitely my kids. not. It's definitely not. It shouldn't be a weird thing, but it's, it caused a lot of a controversy. Um, what else on sports? What other week? You got the uh, W, uh, the tennis, the WTA uh, tour in the, uh, the Czech Republic. Um, that's going on, and you've also got some United Rugby Championship, which we've talked a little bit about over the last few weeks too, Steph. We have indeed. So like heaps on, but the Women's World Cup really is what you should be watching. And I will be. That's why I signed. Brilliant. No, no lies. No lies. Um, We'll have a break. When we come back, uh, David Deal, he's in Bathurst. He's taken a swag of Kiwis over to go enjoy the great race on Sunday. What's it like for a fan? He's been a few times. We'll catch up with Dave Deal. He's from Boys Trip after the break. Well, we're going to Bathurst now, and uh, it's commonplace to talk to drivers and team members and journos, but we're going to talk to someone who's been a few times. He is the director of Boys Trip, and they take fanatical motorsport fans to Bathurst and all sorts of sports fans to all sorts of sports events. But Dave Deal joins us now. Dave, um, you're in Bathurst. Uh, We're a couple of days away from the race. Uh, the big race, but there's a lot more as a fan to look forward to. How many times have you been to Bathurst? Oh, Steph, um, I'd say, yeah, I think this is eight. So I was having a think about it last night, and eight time. Obviously, missed it the last two years with us Kiwis not being able to get over here. But, uh, yeah, really great to be back. And never, you know, every time is always exciting as the first time, I reckon. How many people do you take with you? Um, well, this year we've got a, a good-sized crew, about similar to what we had pre-COVID, which is the 165 on this trip. Um, so, yeah, definitely a lot of Kiwis to wrangle uh, sort of across three different travel package options. But, um, yeah, that, that's about the norm, sort of between 150 and 200 um, pre-COVID. So it, it's one, it's our biggest trip every year. Yeah, it's because it's just such an iconic race. Can you, can you? I know you're not in Bathurst yet. You're about to head away now. Um from Sydney, but uh, what is the fan experience from your perspective? What what do your customers say is like that money can't buy type experience? Talk us through your average day at Bathurst. I guess, um, especially for first time first timers, um, I think that's a really cool thing about 
you know, coming on these trips and, and hosting them, looking after the clients is, is just that. Uh, seeing people experience it for the first time and, and also seeing it ramp up from, from sort of uh, the, the Thursday afternoon where, you know, there's, there's not a lot or not a huge amount going on around the track and then just the anticipation, the crowds build Friday, Saturday. I mean, you get to shoot out on Saturday, which is always a good event. And then and then just uh, the big day on Sunday. So I guess, um, yeah, part of the experience and part of the fun of hosting it is seeing how, how it just builds up and, and just how people, excited people get for the Sunday. Um, I, I guess, yeah, across um, the three different package, packages we offer, I, I think we do a motorhome one, so they, they pick up a Maui camper van in Sydney and they go through it. So those guys uh, went through last night and they're, they're um, or yesterday afternoon, they're camping, they've got campsites right on Mount Panorama. So in terms of, you know, experience, you, I mean, that's cool because you don't get any closer to the action than, you know, being able to open your camper van door and, you're looking out at, at, at the chase, so, you know, it, it's, wow. it's pretty cool being that close to the track. Wow, that sounds amazing. And you can just, so you're 24, or not 24-7, but you're about 24 hours for four days just in your mobile home and just open the door. And, and you're right on the track. I didn't realise that. Yep, yep. Some of the camping grounds, you'd be uh, 100, 100, 200 metres from the, the track itself. Yeah, so... Pretty rowdy up there, depending on what camping ground you're in. There's uh, definitely the further up the mountain you go, the more uh, the more of an experience it is, I guess you could say. Were you about to say feral? <laughs> no, not at all. But years before I started coming here, I've talked to clients that sort of came here 20 years ago, and feral would sum it up pretty nicely. So where do you yourself watch the race? Are you down on the main straight? Are you in a sort of a corporate box? How do you position yourself? Yeah, I always um, try to get around as much as we can because we've sort of, we've got clients that, that do the general admission option. We've got other ones that are in grandstands, and then we've got a um, hospitality villa on, on the on pit lane. So try to get around everywhere, really. And it's cool. Um, I, I yeah prefer to watch the start of the race down in, in the villa because you're right on the right on the start there. So that that's quite good. Um, definitely on the Saturday, try to get up the top of the mountain. Um, yeah, it's, it's just entertaining wandering around there and seeing the characters and sort of up around McFillamy Park. There's plenty of plenty of things to watch other than the racing. Um, so try to get around everywhere. But, yeah, that, that Sunday, and, and they're expecting bumper crowds, even with the forecast um, for, for this Sunday. So, I mean, you sort of have to find a good spot and then and stick to it for the start of the race because it, it's going to be chocker. How does it differ to other sporting events? I guess duration would be a big one because I know you take – people to State of Origin and NRL Grand Finals, um, Formula One Grand Prix and that sort of thing. This is this is a big, long, it's like a music festival without music, although there probably is some music as well. Um, how, it's, you must just need some like mega endurance to, to last the whole gig. Yeah, I think so. I think um, you're right, purely just time frame wise. Yeah, most of the clients go up... Um, yeah, either either Wednesday or the or the Thursday morning, and then leave on the Monday. So you're there for a good four or five nights. There's four days of action on the track. Bathurst Township itself is entertaining at night. Um, yeah, it, it, it is endurance. Um, how would it compare to other events? Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, those events you listed, I, I guess they're all they're all pretty popular in their own right. Um, but I guess uh, for Kiwis. As well, there's something about Bathurst. I think it's just one of those iconic places that 
you've either been to or you, it's on your bucket list to go to. Even if you're not maybe a huge motorsport fan, you know about Bathurst, you know the tradition, you know how you know the success of Kiwi drivers there. And I think you, you, people, even if yeah, you're not a huge supercars fan, I think there's a lot of people that still want to go just to, to say they've been and to experience it. So, but yeah, definitely endurance. So you see a few people um, on the Monday coming back. We have a Monday night in Sydney before we fly home, and there's there's some people that look like they've been doing it rough for four nights. That's for sure, especially <laughs> the camper van guys. Where does everyone stay uh, apart from the camper van guys? Because Bathurst isn't a huge town. Do do people um, have to stay a long way away from the track? No, so we're we're pretty lucky in that we've got two motels right in town. Um, so we, we managed to secure those about oh, 10, 10, years, 10, 11 years ago, I think, and we've just held on to those rooms um, every year and, and slowly over the years pick, picked up a couple more at, 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 uh, at each motel because they're so hard to get, um, you know, for the, for the general public trying to get a motel room in Bathurst or anywhere near Bathurst, you, you're pretty much trying to book, you know, on, on Monday morning for next year's event um, because everybody, you basically get the... If you book this year, you get first dibs on your, your room again next year. So, no, we've got good t- two good Bathurst motels, um, yeah, yeah, right right in town. So that's where that's where the majority of the, well, that's where all the motel clients stay and then all the uh, motorhome guys are, are up on the mountain itself. Sounds epic. I, I've said on the show before that I don't really follow much motorsport, um, but Bathurst is a Sunday appointment for me. I just park up. I can only imagine what it would be like live. Do you get, I guess... Lastly, Dave uh, and Dave Deals from uh, Boys Trip. Do you get like repeat customers because they they love Bathurst and they love the experience? Yeah, definitely. I think um, what I often hear on these trips, yeah, you're taking people up there and, and they say, "Oh, look, we just got to take it off the bucket list." You know, this will just be a once for us. Um, you know, we're talking about coming over for years, and and we'll just do it once, and we'll be happy, and then. You know, you get back to New Zealand, and you know, once we start putting out, we normally release our packages for next year um, for Bathurst and, and first week of December. And sure enough, first week of December, you see an email come in. Oh, I recognise that name, and they were on the trip, and they just loved it so much. They, you know, they want to go back again. It's, I guess you could say once once is never enough. Um, so yeah, you definitely get those those guys coming back. And and what you get a lot of is maybe a, a group of mates are over here and a few of their mates didn't, didn't make the trip this year so they're watching watching it from back home knowing the boys are over here um you know seeing on social media what a time they're having <laughs> and then so you know next year they're they're all ready to go even if uh you know the, the mates have already been so you get a lot of that all right i'm gonna have to ask you for a tip as well um we used to work together at the tab many moons ago uh you obviously follow the motorsport D- does anyone beat the giz Oh, jeez, you put me on the spot. I don't know. I, I feel uh, it's uh, predictable to say, uh, you know, Fingersbergen, but I, I can't see it going many other ways. He's, you know, he's in such good form and, you know, loves the track. So, yeah, probably short money, I guess, that, but, yeah, that's where my money will be going. Yep, that's fair enough. Oh, and one last question I meant to ask you early doors was um, the noise generated by the crowd. You wouldn't think you'd hear a crowd over 20 or more cars uh, with those massive engines clattering, but you can always hear the crowd, and it lasts all day. Yeah, yeah, you did right. And um, I guess the broadcast, I mean, the broadcast is, it does an incredible job of covering Bathurst, uh, and you can get the sense of it a little bit 
uh, watching it on the TV. But yeah, when you're here, that that crowd, it's, it's something special, and especially just leading up to the start of the race. Um, you're right, but you know it's it's up there with with the level of, of noise from the cars. Um, it's just an incredible buzz, and and you're right, people people do keep it going all day. So yeah, I mean it's it's yeah definitely if you if you're sitting there thinking well I mean there'll be so many people you know watching it this year saying got to get there next year then yeah stop stop saying you're going to get there one year and just get over there because you you would not regret it. Now remember you're getting older now Dave you can't go all nighters <laughs> three or four nights in a row uh, just just be conscious of that I don't want you to blow out before Sunday. Uh, right, I'll be taking it very easy um, yeah yeah seeing seeing a few of these these younger guys, uh, you know, they were out, out in Sydney um, to all hours last night. So, no, I've, uh, I'm well past that now. So I'll be, I'll just be having a few lemonades until uh, <laughs> until Sunday, I think. <laughs> Your first beer will be in the departure lounge maybe on Monday. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so that's Dave Deal. If you want to have a look at all of those things, not just Bathurst, they have a whole raft of things. Um, just do what I did, Google Boys Trip. Simple as that. And all the packages and everything are there, and it's a great way to do it. You, accommodation sorted, and uh, guys that have been going for a number of years. Dave, uh, enjoy the next few days. I'm looking forward to following you on social media and seeing the photos of you guys having a blast. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Dave Deal. Um, good man, that. Jeez. Um, I actually had a look at the stuff they've got going on, and I thought it might be hellish expensive, but it's not too bad. And as you say, you don't have to worry about your accommodation because that was one of the things I was, I was thinking about was, um, you know, where do you stay? Because there's like a gazillion people go to it at Bathurst. Um, just look, they're in practice one at the moment, Van Gisbergen's the fastest so far, followed by De Pasquale, Mostert, uh, Kosteki, Davison, Heimgartner, Jones, Feeney, Holdsworth. Cam Waters just stuck it in the fence. He just stuck it in the fence and he's getting towed out. Um, so, yeah, it's a big weekend for Supercars fans. Right, I have collated the Staffy M's and we'll have the overall Staffy M winner. But here is the top 15 as voted by calls and texts by you. The 2022 Staffy M MPC Awards by position as voted by you. Fullback Stevenson, Sean, North Harbour. Sean Stevenson is fullback. Wings, Tavita Lee and AJ Lamb. Centre, Balin Sullivan. Second 5'8, Rameka Poihipi. Uh, first 5'8, Bryn Gatland. A lot of votes. Your halfback, Cam Roygaard, Counties. Number eight, Braden Yossi, Manawatu. Open side flanker, Tom Christie. Blind side flanker, Rob Rush, Tanifar. Your locks are Manaki, Selby Rickett, and James Blackwell. And a very competitive propping situation. And just sneaking through by a Roll your own zigzag paper. Tamaiti Williams and Ollie Yeager are the props. And the hooker is a Safu Almua. Which brings us to the pinnacle of the Staffy M's Awards. And this is awarded to the player of those 15 that received the most votes through the last hour. Polled strongly through the season. 
picking up threes, twos, ones. Was in the points every week. So our overall Staffy M player of the NPC for 2022 is Cameron Roygaard Counties. Amazing. Amazing. In his first year at Counties. And I said earlier on, who the person that was leading had twice the votes of the player that was in second. That that maintained the momentum right through to the end of voting. So Cam Roygaard. Oh, and I think we've actually got um, Cam on the line now. I just want to say a few words, Cam. Uh, thoughts on the on the uh, on the award? Here's the deal. I'm the best there is. Plain and simple. There you go. Plain and simple. There you go. Who is that? That's Cam. Just live out of... He's obviously at Bathurst or something there. Live out of Pukekohe. Um, so, yeah, there is our player of the season. I'm reasonably happy with that. He was fantastic. And um, just text through your congratulations on the text machine, double eight double three. That is the temper bedpost text machine. Text through your congratulations to Cam. And I'll take a photo of it and I'll send it to him. Just to show the love for the youngster. He's 21 years old. What a future he has. And when he was up against um, Cortez Ratama, uh, Brad Weber, TJ Perinara, uh, there's a host, Xavier Rowe, there's a host of good halfbacks. Sam Nock, he's come out not only as the top halfback, but the top player of the NPC in 2022. What a champion. What a champion. Right, we're one thirty. Uh, let's go and find out what's happening around the world in new sport and weather. Here it is. Gentlemen, I've, I've just, just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? And the thing is, we've had the real news from Johnny Mac, does such a wonderful job, mm. and Sam just chimes in with the unreal news. I know, so I never like doing it off the back of news, because either A, it makes, you know, Johnny's very serious investigative He's a professional. news. Professional news. Sort of undermines my news and vice versa. So, um, so real news and numpty news. Well, let's, yeah. Let's be a bit nice about it, okay? I spend a lot of time on this. Okay, thing. and you know, different do a lot of, news. Do a lot of preparation, okay? Pepper- Go down a lot of avenues, a lot of rabbit holes. Preparation. My first story actually is about Tom and Giselle. Is it? Yeah, but uh, we've already talked about it, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> just about them uh, supposedly hiring def- divorce lawyers and, uh, it's all going to poo. It'll be amicable, though, won't it, those two? It will be, but it just it hurts still, Steph. You know? I just wonder if, if their divorce proceedings... Um, you know, how old's Tom now? 44? 40 40 s- no, 45. 46. 45. I just wonder if deflate gate's part of the marriage situation oh, Don't as well. bring that up, Mark. Don't you dare bring that up. Well, like deflate gate on the football field. Maybe there's deflate gate at home. Oh, I see what you go- I see where you're going there. Yeah. Yeah. Need some PSI is what you're saying. Yeah, like he, he, he needs to start singing a little song when he's at home like, I can see Alice clearly now the rain has gone. Um, now, there's three celebrity marriages that I am well invested in. Oh, okay. okay? Um, I thought they'd last the, 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 yeah, the rest of time, Steph. Yep. The first one was Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow. That didn't last. Mm, I love Gwyneth Paltrow. Yep, I love, I love both of them. Oh, yeah, actually, Chris didn't Martin's last. amazing as didn't well. Didn't last. Tom Brady Giselle. That was another one. Didn't last. Mm. The last one standing now was uh, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, which it is going strong, but if that ended, I, mm. I'd i lose faith in the man- See, my, humanity. My one is Andre Agassi, Steffi Graf. Are they still together? Yep. Oh, there you go. Yep. Yeah. They've lasted a long tough time. Tough as nails. 
Ah, to other news. And Apple. And this is great news, isn't it? Well, let's hope it filters down to little old New Zealand. Don't tell it, me. The iPhone 15 is going to be $4,000. No. Oh. Better than that. And it's make better you than Lego. No. Okay. Apple, thanks to a new EU law, so if you're living in Europe and you're listening in, you'll be clapping your hands at this. Thanks to a new law... They every phone charger in the EU now has to be USB C. So you can't individualize your phone charger like iPhone does. Mm. Happy days. So it doesn't you can just say, Do you got a charger? And it'll fit. No matter what phone you've got, it'll, so it'll fit. fit Samsung, Huawei, Correct. Oppo. Every phone is iPhone. now ordered to have the same universal USB C charging port. Thank goodness for that, Steph. If That's only great. that could filter to the rest of the world, I'd be a very happy man. Well, let's let's start a petition. Because Ch- change.org. There's nothing worse than going to a party where it's a, it's an iPhone party, isn't it? And you say, Has anyone got an Android charger? And they'll just, they almost look at you and go, <laughs> and you just get laughed at. It's like your worst nightmare, right? And the same goes when you're at an Android party. Um, scientists have revealed, thanks to a study, which is what they do, that the Earth is slowly coming together into one big supercontinent. All the land is uh, squeezing up. Yeah. Um, if you're thinking, oh, we're oh, merging as as land masses. Yep. Yep. Over uh, over the next 300 million years, all of the planet's continents are going to move towards one another, forming a new subcontinent, and they've already named it. It's called Amasia. Amasia. So it's like America, Asia. I don't know where Europe fits into that. Um, Amasia, though. But okay. Given the, that, yeah. given that, the mm-hmm. first question I've got is: there'll be one country or one continent or one landmass that doesn't move, and it's all moving there. Oh, I see what you mean. Because it's all going to squidge. Well, it's the Pacific Ocean is going to completely disappear. So that maybe that's coming; those two bits coming together. Maybe in so Hawaii to Fiji, somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, there'll still be obviously water, but yeah, they're all they're all supposedly coming together. That's what scientists are predicting, Steph. I believe them. You so know what I mean? I, so read, I. I I for one believe what I read on the internet. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> now this story is uh, I, this is very entertaining, and I'm glad this has made headlines um, all around the globe. Courtney Baker Richardson, who is part of Crew Alexandra, that's a League Two side. It is in uh, in the UK. British football. They had a trip to Carlisle United on Saturday, and uh, poor old Courtney Baker Richardson couldn't travel because he suffered a freak injury. Do you oh. know? Do you want to know what it, what it was, or do you want to guess what it was? Uh, He's actually quite handy too. He, he got seven goals to start the campaign. Is it north of the waist or south of the waist? It's mid waist. It's waist. It's waist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hip. It's hip related. Okay. He's. Yeah. It's not going to be something that slipped in the bath or fell off a skateboard. Tell me if you believe this. Steph. He dislocated his hip hula hooping. No, but okay. tell me if you believe this. He said that he tweaked his hip while he was sitting down to play video games. Yeah, no. I think uh, Courtney's done something something else, and that's how he's trying to. You know, maybe that's how he gets his insurance or the club pays his. I don't know what it is, but. It's uh, it's one of the more bizarre reasons to be left out of a football match on the weekend, Mark. It's like it's like the time I I had two days off work because I popped a rib, mm-hmm. and I hadn't got my story straight when they said, "How did you do that?" Oh dear, I couldn't tell them the truth. No, and I was just like, "Oh, you know, it, um, you know, it just popped out of the uh, out of its and popped back in, and it's killing me." And they, yeah, but how did you do it? I was just, um, and I hadn't thought about <laughs> that question. <laughs> oh, no. What did you come up with then? Surely you came up with something. I oh, see. I just twisted funny putting a pot in the cupboard. 
I think it's I just uh, just stammered and it was yeah. so clearly is, not this, the true this story. This is to get your ACC, obviously. And uh, you, I know you like the Sopranos. Tony Soprano. I don't mind it. You don't mind the Sopranos. Do you remember the uh, the Cadillac that Tony Soprano drove in I the do. series? Um, it's up for auction. I seem to be just doing auction stories every day, aren't I? For I memorabilia. It's up for auction, Steph. Uh, $175,000. That's Ooh. US. Ooh. Um, it includes uh, fully loaded with leather trim, power side steps, tri-zone climate control, a boys audio system, and all high-tech features available in the day, including a computer-controlled suspension system. So there you go. If you are a big Sopranos fan, you're keen to get your hands on that piece of memorabilia, 175K. Are you a big fan of it, Captain K? Honestly, my favourite show I've ever watched. I've watched it twice, The Sopranos. Wow. How many seasons are there? Oh, eight? geez, there's, yeah, there's seven or eight. I'm pretty sure there's plenty that, of it. That but makes yeah, my... I might have to uh, try and get an ACC injury and buy that outright, 175K. You know, we were talking yeah, yesterday, bending Sam, over. I was talking about a holiday I had in Omapari yeah. uh, in a booker batch. Yep. Uh, in eight days, eight days, watched yep. four seasons. Jeepers. Yeah. Well, funny you mention that because I watched Drive to Survive at Omapere. Oh, there you go. I watched the whole thing. Isn't that um, a beautiful part of the world? Oh, fantastic. Beautiful mm. beach, beautiful, nice little harbour there. Six seasons for uh, Sopranos, Kids just told us. Fact. Yes, I'm keen. It's a story. Can I tell it to you? Yes. It concerns a man from China. Sure. Who bought a first-class ticket uh, via Eastern China Airlines. Mm-hmm. It came with access to a VIP lounge that had free food. Of course it does. He rescheduled over 300 times in a year to enjoy over 300 free meals. <laughs> so so turn up to fly, eat and cancel. He turned up, so this is the story. He purchased first class tickets, fully, re, fully refundable through Eastern China Airline. And um, he used the, the ticket to gain access to the Jian International Airport's VIP lounge where high rolling travellers dine for free. The man flashed his ticket to lounge staff at the Shaanxi Province Airport before his trip, ate a meal, just like any first-class traveller, and instead of getting on the flight, he would change his flight's departure to the next day. Then he'd show up the next day with his newly issued ticket for the revised date, eat, and then again change his ticket date. He did it over and over again 300 times, Steph. Eastern China Airlines officials suddenly woke up and found that out after 300 days, and they admitted that uh, legal action wasn't possible because it wasn't against the rules. Mm. So get this, they confronted him and banned him from continuing his practices. So after all of that, he just cashed in his ticket. It was fully refundable. Got his money back. <laughs> smart man. Back in Very the day, smart man, yeah. back in the day, the Koru Lounge, yeah. you could go in whether you were flying or not. So people would used oh. to go and have meetings in the Koru Lounge and you'd, <laughs> and you'd have a drink Continental and breakfast, like yeah. And I know a guy, he took his wife there for the anniversary dinner. Back in the day, that is that'll be up there. Yeah, that'll be up there for uh, for locales for the <laughs> anniversary for sure. I've only been to the Cotto Lounge once. Have you? Yeah, and it was with someone who was a Cotto Lounge member. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, um, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll come back, and I'm going to go through a few texts. Then we'll take another break, and then we'll play the vault. Just oh, is that how you want to? Okay, That's sure. how I want to do yeah, it. So go on, that go was go partly on. for you, the listener, partly for Sam, my producer. Uh, stick with us. We'll come back. There are 17 minutes left in practice one at Bathurst. Reynolds has just gone fastest. 
heading uh, Shane Van Gisbergen, who looks like he's on a hot lap at the moment. So the the running or oh, the the qualifying order so far just practice. Uh, Reynolds Van Gisbergen, Deepa Pasquale, Coltard Pai, Cam Waters pulled himself out of the fence and he's up to sixth. Just scanning down to find old mate Murph. Can't find. Oh, there he is. He's just gone out onto the track, or has he just gone into the pits? Currently twenty sixth. Twenty sixth, not great. Uh, some text messages. Had a good one here. Uh, afternoon, boys. Rewatch making news. Did you see that News Hub last night? They had the fishing incident about the weights inside the fish from America that we were talking about the other day. Uh, it was a crack up, Brendan. Um, if there's anyone out there listening from News Hub, credit us. Yeah, that's that's simply unacceptable. And what you probably should know, staff, is that I get inundated daily uh, with job offers from you know your news hubs, your TVNZs, your stuffs to, to come and be a reporter mm. because of the, the stories we're breaking on the show. It's what you sniff out. It, it's the stories we're chasing. So uh, you know, it's understandable that they're gonna they're gonna look at it, they're mm. gonna take notice. And but as you said, just a little bit of credit wouldn't go amiss. Would mm. it? You're like a, a pig that seeks out truffles. Um, <laughs> I can do a pretty big pick. Uh, Steffi, uh, from Richard, it's not Roygaard's first year. He's been in the Hurricanes. Yeah, his first year of NPC, I think, because well, where I looked up, he had eight caps for counties, which would insinuate that it's his first year for counties. And if I read the stats, I, he played super rugby before he played NPC, but yes, he was pulled into the Hurricanes in round seven or something, his injury cover. Um and one more text. Pretty soon, with the merging of all the land masses into one spot, we can all drive to Bathurst because there'd be no oceans. We can drive anywhere. I was just saying to Sam, imagine a road trip. We'll go from Auckland to Budapest. Might take you a wee while. No more need for planes. You can just drive everywhere. High-speed rail? Forget about it. Can the light rail projects around Auckland? Well, then you're not going to need them. We're all going to merge. Uh, if you want to play the vault... Sam's got some audio. You won't hear it until you solve it. The vault, you get questions. Yes, no questions. And then you have a guess. $50 TAB bonus bet if you guess right. If you don't, it jackpots to tomorrow. So call us, 0800 150 It's the brand new game on Afternoons with Staffy. The vault, 0800 150 if you want to play. Are you fueled? Gull.nz. All the afternoon delight you'll ever need. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Ten questions, one answer. Can you crack the vault? <laughs> so good. That music is so good. All right, it's the new game. It's the vault. A $50 TAB bonus bet is up for grabs if you can get it on day one. If you can't, it comes back tomorrow. $100 TRB bonus bet. We're joined by Jeff. G'day, Jeff. G'day, Jeffy. How are you? Very well. Very well. So here's how it works. Sam, oh, it's Sam, you do it. You're, you're much better explaining. Rightio, Jeff. Uh, we got, we, we're taking it down to seven questions for day one. And if you don't get it in seven, we'll go to uh, five questions tomorrow and it'll be worth $100 right. TRB bonus bet. But, uh, Jeff, you're going to get seven questions, yes or no, and you're trying to work out what bit of audio we've uh, I've put locked and safe behind the vault. Uh, in fact, Seth, I've got a bit of audio here, and I'm just going to... That's now locked away. Okay, it's in the vault. So, Jeff, you the vault, have, Jeff, you've got a maximum of seven questions you ask Sam, because I don't know the answer. Yes, no questions, and you have to figure out what the sporting audio is he's locked away. 
All right, here we go. Oh, yeah, I think I got that. I think I got that. All right. All right, here we go. All right, Jeff, question number one. Oh, and by the way, Steph, how many times can he use you? Uh, once. He can. You can use Steph for one question, okay? Yeah. All right, Jeff, what is your first question? Does it involve 10 pins? Does it involve, sorry? Does it involve 10 pins? 10 pins? 10 pins. Yes. Ah, uh, no. That's, that's oddly specific, but that's question one down. Right. Well, that's my, uh, that's what I thought it was out the window. So, Steffi, give me a hand, mate. Righto. Yeah. Is this sporting event post-2010? No. Okay. So that's my question. So all you know now is it's not Tempin Bowling and it's before 2010. <laughs> right, right. Ah. Uh, was this sporting event in Australasia? It's a good question. No, it wasn't. Right. Good question. That's right. three. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God, this is hard. Um, well, you really threw all your eggs in one basket with the 10 pin, <laughs> let's be honest. So let's <laughs> yeah, get no, away really get away from the 10 pins, Jeff. Think of something else. You've asked a good question there in Australasia. So yeah. you straight away think Northern Hemisphere or South Africa or South America. Oh. Yeah, or Northern America, yeah, or Canada. Um, it was a sporting event with a team. It was it with teams involved. Correct. It's a team. It's a team event. A team event. Okay. Um, nice. No, whittling it down. Was was the team a male team? Correct. Oh yes. Right. All right. How many have I got left there? You got that's five. Now under the new rule, staff, he's got two more, which is which is very brutal because he's not he's got a long way to go. Put yeah. it that way. You've got, got two more, go. and then you can have a guess at the event. Yeah. Okay. Um, was the event a World Cup event? Yes, it was. Oh, good narrow down. Good narrow down. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, hold on, uh, Jeff, you've got one question, you've got one question left, but we've got to go to news staff, so he's going to have to answer or ask that question after the news and then give his guess. Right, so in summation, it's it's not involving 10 pins, it is before 2010, not in Australasia, it is a male World Cup team sport, that is the event. Male World Cup team sport before 2010, not in Australasia. Think about it, Jeff. We'll come back for your final question and then your stab in the dark. Uh, we'll do that after the news with Johnny Mac. Right, oh, look, the last few minutes that must have been torturous for Jeff. He's got one question left and one guess for a $50 TAB bonus bet to open the vault. So, in summary, your six questions have been Jeff, uh, it's not Temp and Bowling. Um, and in your defence, you told us off here uh, during the news that you thought you had to pick what that sound was, which was Sam locking the vault. And I admit it did sound like 10 pin bowls being 
uh, the skittle mm. being reset, the pins being reset. Yeah, yeah. So it did sell them a little so bit. So that's why, because uh, it was a very random guess. But anyway, after that, what you've come up with is it's before 2010. It is at a World Cup. It is a male team sport, not in Australasia. You got one more question. One more question, Jeff, and then you get to have a wild guess. Um, and if you don't get it right, we go through tomorrow to tomorrow's staff with a hundred dollars mm. in TV. So there's one, one of two ways you can go here, Sam. Yep. You can absolutely try and drill down on this question. Yep. Or you can keep it general and try and get through again tomorrow. Yeah. Well, let's see. I what drill Je- down. Well, let's see what Jeff wants Come to do. Come on, Jeff. In, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to go help the leather and just give this a good crack. So my last question here, lads, is was this one of the major sporting equipment used a round ball? A round ball. Well, that's good because it's either going to be a round ball or you're eliminating a round ball. Mm. I'll tell you, Jeff, it did involve a round ball. So a round ball World Cup for men's teams, not in Australasia before 2010. You have one shot at it, Jeff. One guess no as to what questions. you think it is. This is your guess. Fifty dollar TRB bonus bet. Oh God. Ah. Mm. Uh, oh, I'm really stuck here because I was hoping that it, it didn't have a round ball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Is it? Uh, I'm gonna go something obscure. Is okay. it the? Ninety, I think was it the nineteen ninety six cricket World Cup. Sri Lanka winning. I think the Sri Lanka win that World Cup. I've gone really left field here because I've got no bloody idea. Okay, so ninety, you go ninety ninety six. Sri Lanka winning a World Cup. That's what you're going for. Yeah. Cricket, cricket balls are round. They are round, Steph. Okay, well I'll tell you what, Jeff. Let me punch that into the safe as a combination. See if we get an opening here. Okay. <laughs> Access oh, denied. Ooh, access, access denied. denied. That is not that is play. not the combination, Jeff. Unfortunately, which means a hundred dollars is going to be up for grabs from the TAB tomorrow. Steph, five questions. Five questions. Five questions tomorrow, and, I, and you can choose any of those two, and I'll repeat them if you're a new listener. Then no point because you're listening now. But Jeff, good effort, mate. Good effort. Cheers, lads. Um, thank you for that, and good luck to whoever. Tomorrow I'll give it another crack, but you boys will never walk alone. <laughs> <laughs> good man, Jeff. Good man. I tell you what, Sam. Mm. On reflection, yep. If he'd had two more questions, that ten pin bowling one, which yeah, no fault of anyone's really. Um, he had it down to round ball. Yes. Mm. Then he could have said, "Is it cricket?" And it but might see, have been yes or no. You, your question was, was it pre-2010? Yeah. That's that's a big time span, isn't it? That's like you're talking... Well, I said, is it post? And you said no. No, so. yeah, yeah. But all I'm trying to do is it modern or historical. Yeah. I no, don't I know what you. the I right year is. I, I get you. Whether it's five or six. Or, or, all I'm saying is, you know, there's still a big range in there. You know, it could be 2009. Yeah, but you're yeah. not very old, you see. 2008. Mm. Yeah. You're not very old. No, but, you know. So there we I are. I appreciate history, Steph. That'll jackpot uh, tomorrow. That'll jackpot tomorrow. $100. Yeah, hey, bonus bet. Yeah, speaking of uh, the TAB and bonus bet, should we talk through some uh, some charity tips? Yes, please. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, Pacing for Purpose, Season 2. Right, and as the continents squeeze together, Steph, I'd love to take you down to Invercargill. Mm. Tomorrow, race oh, number on. seven. Okay, hang on, hang on. Racing... 
this is Harness, right? Correct, yeah. Thanks uh, to Harness Racing New Zealand. Raising money for Butterby Motivation. Yes. Harness, Invercargill, race what? Seven. Seven. Race seven. Okay. The uh, name is um, very similar to what you might call my darts. My darts game. Oh, something about soft. Mini McGee, Tiamo Bell, Pyramid Mystic, Hidden Talent. It won't be that. Uh, well, just, I mean, mixed Faith. It's either going to be mist fa- mis- Mixed Faith or Miss Yo. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was something else in there. Is it how I'd describe it or you'd describe your darts? It's how, you know, professionals would probably describe it. Mixed Faith. <laughs> Ah, yes. Is it? No, it's not. Uh, it's uh, it's number eight, Hidden Talent. Oh, for God's sake, give yourself <clears> three, a rep. Three from three so far. Um, that's the, the horse, not me on the dartboard. Uh, three from three and uh, finished like a rocket uh, to win last time, and I reckon it's going to be winning again, Steph. It won as a $5 shot last start. Yep. Let's hope it gets the same this, this time Nathan around. Williamson in the bike? Yes. Is he? Yeah. Trained and Willow. driven by Nathan Williamson. Willow, get in, son. All right, okay. Yeah. If, if you've got a last name Williamson, then you're uh, – is it Williamson? Yeah. Yeah, if you've got a last name Williamson, you're steady as a ship, aren't you? <laughs> what about a Greyhound? Let me find a Greyhound for you. Please. It's the great Greyhound Racing New Zealand charity run. I like this run. music. That was great. I can't even breathe that fast. Maybe I can. I've just run a 520. I've flown the lids. <laughs> wow, that is a very accurate. You sound like Tuca. Do I? Yeah, after he's been for a big run. Just a, he just, yeah. You can't do it. I can do it for a very short period of time. Oh, I could probably do it for half an hour, but there'd be terrible radio. <laughs> Right, Greyhounds, what day? <laughs> yeah, can't do it for very long. Uh, maybe that should be like, a, you know how people go for like a rap run-a-thon or like a telethon, like 24 hours. Maybe we just get you to do that for 24 hours, raise some money for uh, Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Yeah, just doing dog sounds. <laughs> <laughs> what other ones can you do? <laughs> oh, that one's not going uh, on the podcast. Um, I'm going to take you to Invercargill again, Steph, if I can. What day? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, it could be during the show. Race six. Hang on. Invercargill race six, not during the show. Invercargill. 5.29. Uh, oh. Mm. Have I gone grey here? Oh, I've gone harness. Oh, come on, mate. Come on. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Just bear with me tomorrow. I'll fill, I'll fill while you're trying to find it. <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow, greyhounds. All the way down here. Righto. Race. Number six. We're on here. Ooh. 122. Brilliant. Ooh. From okay. Andy's Burgers. Now, a little, let's just see if one sticks out to me very quickly. Uh, Sir Clive Hambush, Thor, Impressive, Amy, Harry, Baxter. That's got a, that's got a tune to it. A Murray, Paddy. Okay. Are you going to give me a clue or do I just have to go hard? No, nah, go hard. Harry Baxter. No. Oh. Hambush, Thor. Homebush Thor. Yeah, you've gone the Homebush. John McInerney. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you the truth here. When, when, when someone told me when they ran through the list and they said this is before I saw it, they were talking about it and they said Homebush Thor, and I thought it was Thor like the um, mythology character, um, and no, that pricked it, my interest. But it's actually Thor as in what you do with your mints and your and your chicken. Or out what of, happens out of the when fridge. ice melts? Correct. 
I uh, prefer the food analogy, but um, I've stuck with it, Steph. I've stuck with my guns. Go with your gut, as they say. Due to dip um, its pour in the till. What was that, sorry? It's due to dip its pour into the till. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Can't wait for that then. Yeah. Race six, another squeeze box. Let's you hope love we, your let's squeeze hope, boxes. Let's hope we get something out of this because it's been a grim few weeks. It has. And it's in the green rug, which is the colours of Manawatu, which is good news. Um, fantastic. Uh, someone wanted to quick me to quickly run through the NPC team from the Staff EMs. I'll do that. It's on the previous page. Is that it? Here it is. The NPC team in the Staff EM Awards was Sean Stevenson. Tavita Lee, AJ Lamb, the other two wings, Balen Sullivan, Rameka Poihepe, Bryn Gatland, Cam Roygaard, um, who did play for counties last year, so Wikipedia's wrong. Thank you, big Roygaard uh, fan club. Text me, actually. Braden Yossi at number eight. Flankers, uh, Tom Christie and Rob Rush. Locks of Selby Rickett and Blackwell. Uh, the props, Tamaiti Williams and Ollie Yeager. And the hooker, Safu Amua. And the overall Staffy Medal of Excellence out of all of those is Cam Roygaard, the county's halfback. What a future he has got. We might try and get him on tomorrow, actually, just to do an acceptance speech. We'll try very hard to get him on. Sam's pointing at the uh, Temper Bed Post text machine. I recently bought a dog from a blacksmith, and as soon as I got him home, he made a bolt for the door. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this guy? Rory's just got, look, they're not dad jokes. They're like 24-carat jokes. Rory, just once a day he sends them in, eh? It's just absolute gems. We'll have a break. On the other side, uh, TJ, Tony Johnson, voice of rugby for Sky Sport. Of course, we've got the quarterfinals. If you've got any questions for TJ, you'd like me to put to him, double eight, double three. Um, but, yeah, TJ, after the break. Welcome back in, and it's that time of the week that uh, we look forward to to talk the Oval Ball Rugby Union Code. Tony Johnson from Sky Sport joins us. G'day, TJ. Hello, Staffy. We had today, and I just wanted to read the team to you, we had uh, the Staffy M Awards for the NPC, much like the Dally M's, uh, and we got people to vote, and we've got uh, a starting 15 that got the most votes. So I just thought I'd put it past you, TJ. So, Sean Stevenson, Tavita Lee, AJ Lamb, Balin Sullivan, Rameka Poihipi, Bryn Gatland, Cam Roygaard, Braden Yossi, Tom Christie, Rob Rush, uh, Manaki Selby Rickett, James Blackwell in the front rows, Tamaiti Williams, Ollie Yeager, and Asafu Almua. And the individual player that got the most votes across all of those, therefore wins the inaugural Staffian medal, is Cam Roygaard from Counties, the halfback, far and away the most votes. Yeah, he's had a terrific season. Uh, you just love a halfback who's prepared to run. Mm. And a lot of halfbacks, you know, they're, they're kind of programmed to, to pass, and if they're not passing, they're kicking. And so, you know, guys prepared to, to run in traffic. Got, got to like that. No, he's had a terrific season. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I like that. I mean, you know, without sort of going, there's a couple of players I sort of think of, you know, would probably have, have been close to the close to the money um, in a few positions. But no, it's 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 fun doing that sort of thing. It's been a good season, hasn't it? Um, we've unearthed, we're not unearthed some talent, as we always do. Every NPC, some talent really does uh, present itself to us. Yeah, and the fact that it was all so tight going into that last weekend where, you know, every single game had something riding on it pretty much. Uh, and, you know, you, 
saw right at the end that that thrilling match between Waitato and, and Bay oh, of Plenty. Unbelievable! It, it's, a, it's a little bit odd that um, there's no crossover in the quarterfinals, uh, and it means that teams will be playing each other for the second time. But I guess in some ways that provides a bit of a, a backdrop, a, a different sort of a backdrop. I mean, if you're if you're um, you know um, Bay of Plenty, you're sort of thinking, how the hell do we let that one go? Let's not let that happen again. Um, I, I don't know whether you've talked about how it all shapes up. Um, Staffy, but um, the, the way the draw works now is that um, you know there will be crossover. So on one side of the draw now you've got the Wellington Hawks Bay and North Harbour Auckland games, and on the other side you've got Canterbury North and Waikato Bay are plenty. So that, that that you know there's all sorts of possibilities there. Um, you know Canterbury, you know could find themselves playing last year's um, champions Waikato, or, or or could be Bay of Plenty, or you know if there's an upset. Um, so all that's going to come into the reckoning. So no crossover this week, but the potential for it next week is going to be fascinating to watch it unfold. And the first one, of course, is the Battle of the Bridge. And, um, you know, if you, if we told you at the start of the season <clears throat> that one of the quarterfinals would be North Harbour and Auckland, you'd probably think Auckland would have earned the home ground advantage. But uh, magnificently, North Harbour... Um, uh, to use a rugby cliche, full credit to the boys, uh, earning the home ground advantage. And I really hope the people over on uh, in the North Harbour catchment get along and support their team in this one tomorrow night. I think this is a, this is a banger of a match. Yeah, they've played some brilliant rugby. Uh, they're just a points machine. They've scored the most points, only by one more than uh, Canterbury, but 390 points they've scored. Um, second most tries behind Canterbury, two fifty-one. So, you know, they, they rattle on the points. Uh, six wins, four losses, uh, and, and same record for Auckland. So there's only two points between them, a couple, of, uh, a, a couple of bonus points, I think, separating the two teams. But this was the first game of the season, and I think of the, of the two. And, you know, Harbour have come through well. They've won their last three games. Auckland, what are they, the last uh, six games, three, one, two, three, two wins, three wins, and three losses the last six games. So they've been a little bit inconsistent, um, Auckland. What the team news that I've got is that Patrick Tuipolotu, Akira Ioane and Roger Tuivasa-Shek are all going to play. They're all going to start for Auckland. Salesi Rayasi is out. Uh, Jordan Trainer is, is, is back at fullback. So it's a pretty strong Auckland team. Harbour, rather interestingly, um, you know, one of the players, and I, I totally agree, I think Sean Stevenson's had a fantastic season and, and to my mind uh, should be a shoo-in for that New Zealand 15 to go away um, but he, he's actually on the bench I'm not quite sure what the reason is for that uh, Sean Stevenson um, I think they're starting Banks at, at fullback K Banks but uh, he'll come into it later on so yeah Harbour with home advantage uh, I, I don't know how much that means but to me Auckland on paper uh, just with those those All Blacks coming into it, you could argue you have the slightly stronger-looking team on paper. But as we know, Staffy, games of rugby aren't played on paper. They're played inside TV sets. Mm, yeah, exactly right. And uh, I was just thinking maybe Sean Stevenson's flight back from Redcliffe doesn't make it in time for kickoff, so he has to be on the has to be on the bench uh, after his meeting with Wayne Bennett. Um, oh, yeah, so about uh, the guy who's still on contract um, yeah. for another season with the Chiefs. Yeah, that guy, yeah. Yeah, him. <laughs> Wellington-Hawks Bay, another another derby of sorts. And, of course, Wellington took the shield off Hawks Bay. Uh, so there's redemption or payback for that. But, geez, Wellington, they they are turning it on. 
Yep. I mean, firstly, I, I like the way Hawks Bay, Bay showed some real grit, some real resolve last week against a, a good opponent. And a, really, it was a, a sudden death game, pretty much, Hawks Bay against Tasman. And Hawks Bay, to me, deserved to win that game. I know there was a, a iffy sort of a try that could have been awarded, wasn't awarded to Tasman. But I, I still think Hawks Bay, they, you know, they were the better team and they deserved to be there. And, and I guess they've got the incentive, haven't they, of getting one back on Wellington after losing the Shield. But, God, Wellington, they have just stormed through the pack. Uh, they, along with Canterbury, they're on the best winning tier in, in the competition. Um, you know, and it's a really good mix, too. They've got experienced players. You know, you've got the likes of Dominic Bird and you know, Garden Bassett in the backs, uh, Savia in the mix, um, Julian. But they've also unleashed some really exciting young talent. Been super impressed with Peter Luckey, just his raw yes. power, running ability. Uh, Riley Higgins, another player of real potential. So it's it's a really nice mix that they've got the Wellington team. And I, I think at home, um, I, you know, to me they've got the edge. Hawks Bay. The, the only thing I'd say about Hawks Bay is you've got to watch your discipline because they've got a really good line-out drive. And, and if you allow them to put the ball into the corner, then you 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 really are going to be all hands to the pumps. But 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 to me, I, you know, Wellington on form, uh, you know, they they are have to go into this game as favourites. Mm, and I also wonder about Hawks Bay this year um, with all of those shield defences. They have to get up emotionally and and strategically and physically to defend that shield. And whereas most of the other teams are building towards playoffs and building for one pinnacle, whereas Hawks Bay have had to do that constantly all through the season. And I just wonder if there's like a a, a peak fatigue or something like that for Hawks Bay. I know it's quarterfinals, but um, that was just one thing I, I thought about. Let's go to Canterbury, Northland. Jeez, uh, Northland, what a season to make the eight. Fantastic for them, but jeez, what a task they've got in front of them. Well, it's it's probably, the, with all due respect to Wellington, uh, Waikato, Canterbury, um, and the like, North Harbour, but this is, you know, they've got the toughest job here. Um, but isn't it great to see them having made it? They've played some terrific rugby. Uh, you know, the incredible... Uh, why do it? A spirit in that team. It, it, mm. It's something to behold. The problem to me uh, with Northland, I, I look, I think if, if they were at full strength, if, if you know the likes of Jack Goodshoe and Tom Robinson were available to play in this game, um, you know, you'd sort of think, well, there's an upset potential there. The problem is they just haven't scored a huge number of points. They've, they've defended really well. I think there's something like... Uh, only 33 tries against. That stacks up pretty well. They've only conceded uh, 265 points. So they've only scored 212. So they're actually in a, a, a minus 53 points differential. Now, to me, that says how much character that they've shown to, to guts out the wins, you know, tough the wins out. Uh, but they're going to have to come up with something extraordinary against a, a Canterbury team that just looked like a machine at the moment. Yeah, incredible machine, aren't they? They just um, they just click into action and away they go. Uh, but you, we touched on it very early. An, an unbelievable finish to the game yesterday. Uh, uh, sorry, last week Waikato hosting Bay Plenty. I actually sent Ross Filippo a text after the game and I said, "What a match! Uh, you must you must have aged during that game." And he said, "I aged sixteen years and eighty minutes." <laughs> Imagine as a coach of that. But back at home yeah. again, um, TJ. 
Yeah. Um, look, Waikato, I, perhaps the thing that you tend to overlook about them is they are such a good defensive side. Now, yeah, they fell behind last week and they had to turn on the attack. But they've got, the in, in terms of uh, tries conceded, uh, points conceded, they're the best in the competition. And that's served them really well and it makes them very hard to beat at home. They have plenty. Uh, there's terrific talent in this team and, and how well Caleb Trask is playing. It's a little bit disappointing to see that. I mean, great for him, I guess, that he's, he's going off to Japan and we're not going to see him in Super Rugby next year. That's what I'm hearing. But uh, he, he has, you know, players like him uh, show their, their true class um, in, in this level. And if it is going to be, I haven't seen teams, I'm not sure that they've been named, but if it's going to be a Damien McKenzie, Caleb Trask um, battle at number 10, I mean, that's that's worth the ticket price all on its own. Uh, I just think, I've just got a feeling, I, I know a lot of people are thinking, you know, Bay of Plenty, um, they let it slip last week, they'll come storming back. I think Waikato bit between their teeth playing at home, you know, they're keen to defend their title. They've, they've, they've made that pretty clear all season. I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd just give them the edge, but to me, this, this is a, this is a one that could go either way. Um, and probably along with the North Harbour Auckland game, probably the hardest in my mind to predict of the lot. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Um, I feel like, I think the hardest one, or, or the underdog with the best chance, I think is the only underdog that's playing at home, and, and that is North Harbour. And it's nothing against Auckland. I, I think I think they're a red-hot go. Yeah, yeah. I just just, just, uh, you know, just going back on those uh, points for and against, um, I think uh, Waikato and Canterbury both level, having conceded uh, 208. Canterbury, um, I think they've scored the most tries, certainly. But, you know, just, just chucking a few stats into the mix there. Yeah, look, it, it makes it hard. It, it just, to me, it, it's about, you know, the team that, that comes up best. Um, you know, Storm Week probably uh, might have been a factor in that, um, Bay of Plenty uh, performance just falling away a little bit at the end. Um, so, you know, you've got other factors to come into it. But, you know, they all know it, it's it's all on the line now. It's, it's as they say, win or go to the beach time. Uh, <laughs> not that you'd be going to the beach with the weather at the moment. But, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, the season comes down to this game. To me, it's it's brilliantly set up. You, you have got four excellent quarterfinals. And when you chuck in, you know, the start of the Women's World Cup, We've got a great weekend of footy coming up, Steph. We sure have, TJ, and looking forward to your course, uh, my friend, uh, and looking forward to a preview review this time next Thursday. Look at the quarterfinals, and we'll be down to four. The business end is right upon us. Thanks for joining us, TJ, as always. Not a problem, mate. Tony Johnson from Sky Sport. Very much look forward to that chat. Uh, it's a wonderful weekend of quarterfinals, isn't it? All live on Sky Sport. Uh, we'll take new sport and weather, and I'll come back and I'll tell you how the practice went at Bathurst. We're talking greyhound racing now, and uh, this is going to be fun because he's normally a host of Dog Speed on Sundays with Rosso, Mark Rosanowski. But uh, it's it's the sidekick. It's Dan Roberts from it's a very well known surname in greyhound racing. Dan joins us now. G'day, buddy. Yeah, g'day, Steve. How you going? Very well, very well. Greyhounds, you're destined to be involved in greyhounds, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. Uh, I was. Uh, 
yeah, I didn't really have much of a choice made. Uh, I was born into it, and uh, I've never looked back since, really. But it would have been, uh, you wanted to do it, though, didn't you? Because it was what you were used to? Yeah, obviously, growing up around them and being around them every day, you sort of you do develop a, a love and a connection with, with the animals and that. So, um, yeah, definitely never really wanted to do too much else to be fair. Um, I've, I've dabbled a wee bit in the harness. It's just for a wee bit of variety. Uh, it's a bit different to the dogs, but no, nah, yeah, dogs have always been the way I was going to go. Yeah, I saw that you were a driver in harness. Something I, I sort of regret I didn't do in my young years. I managed to do a dual sulky race at Alex Park one night and absolutely loved it. It's exhilarating, isn't it, driving the harness horse? Yeah, you can, it's, it's sort of it's just a different kind of thrill. And uh, I have managed to, to drive a winner, and, and the excitement and the emotion that I felt when that happened was uh, quite overwhelming. Um, a lot different to training a winner, but I mean, I've done that plenty of times, so. But, yeah, definitely, definitely a great thrill anyway. What sort of relationship do you have with your, your owners and sharing sharing that exhilaration of having a greyhound winner? Yeah, I, I like, I really enjoy having owners and, and, and or having people own the dogs rather than just training for myself. That sort of, it adds a, a more exciting dynamic to the, to the whole situation. And I love trying to keep them up to date and whatnot and, and obviously seeing the reward when they get a winner, and um, it's, it's very rewarding for me as well. And they're, they're very um, hardy animals, aren't they, Greyhounds? They can race week in, week out. Um, uh, they, they are the odd injuries with, with their feet and with their hips, maybe, uh, if they have a fall or something like that, but they're, they're incredibly resilient um, athletes. Yeah, definitely. Um, you can't really beat them, and I mean... They, they, they do what we ask them all the time, and that obviously we try to look after them as much as we can, but um, they go out there and they, and they do the job, yeah, like you say, week in, week out. There's some races on at Addington uh, tonight. Um, are you prepared to open your black book and share a couple with us? <laughs> yeah, there's a couple there that I could probably probably point out, but uh, whether they whether they get the job done or not, it's a different story. I, I can't be held accountable. No, no, you're never held accountable. It's, <laughs> it just it just increases our odds a little bit better because you know you're you're immersed in in it. So um, just give us a steer, but there's no gun to your head, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, we've got a, we've got a, we've got probably half of the A team in tonight. So. Uh, I'm hoping we can get a few winners. A couple of them are a bit short, though. Uh, we got one. Can't remember what race is in. Corborn Cardi's his name. He's got box one. Uh, he's paying two seventy, I think. When I last looked, I think he'll be tough to beat. He's uh, he's got a lead, though. That's the only concern. Um, he's got stacks of pace, just not real strong at the end of five twenty. So he definitely has to lead. Yeah, lead and don't get run down. Yeah, exactly. It sounds easy, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> just just keep going, man. Keep going. <laughs> That's cool. um, oh, yeah, so that, we've, we've, got a, we've got another one that should we might maybe a two two dollar multi Levi Bale he's paying about a dollar thirty or something ridiculous now though so it might not be worth it. Oh, true. Can you just demystify something? Someone told me ages ago um, that some greyhounds have got an amazing finishing burst of speed. Um, that's not it at all, isn't it? They're all running flat out the whole time, and it's which. If it looks like something's flying home, it's just the others are slowing down. Is that accurate? Possibly. I mean, yeah, I guess some dogs 
run it out stronger than others for sure, but I, I wouldn't say it's because they're speeding up. It's probably because the other one, yeah, like you said, the other one's slowing down, I guess. Probably a, a better way to look at it, I suppose. They they have the uh, they have monitors on them over in Australia, and you can actually see how fast they're going. I haven't looked it into it that fastidiously, but um, you'd be interesting to have a look at that, and you'd probably see that they're all slowing down, but some of them are slowing down faster than others. Um, we have a charity bet each week for uh, Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Give us $50, and we're raising money for Dave Latelli's BBM charity up here in Auckland. And uh, and like what you just said about uh, the first dog you mentioned to us, must lead. How hard is it to train a dog to fly out when the lid's open? Yeah, so he's come from Aussie, so we we didn't have anything. To, it, it all comes, it all sort of comes down to breaking when they get broken in. I mean, some of them can can pick it up as they start racing and they get a wee bit better and better. But um, so he's come from Aussie, so we had nothing to do with uh, how he was broken in or anything like that. So. We're trying to we're trying to help him get better at, at he's, he's like he's a wee bit tardy at the beginning, but we're trying to help him get better at that. But it's sort of a thing that you either have or you don't have, really. Yeah, you can't just stand there and say, "Mate, uh, when the lid's open, you got to jump real quick." It's just it's they've either got it or they haven't, haven't they? Yeah, basically, it would be easy if we could all whisper in their ear and tell them what they got to do, but uh, <laughs> can't do that unfortunately. <laughs> Put little jockeys on them, yeah. Um, yeah. So we're talking to Dan Roberts. You're co-hosting the show with uh, Mark Rosanowski, the Dog Speed Show on SNZ. Are you enjoying that foray into broadcasting? Yeah, yeah, no, I love it, actually. Um, I'm very thankful for the opportunity to be able to do it and still still learning and still shaking the nerves off a wee bit, but no, I really love it. And obviously, Rosso's really good to work with as well, which, which helps. Yeah, nice stuff. All right, Dan, uh, thanks for joining us today. We'll keep an eye on those two. Uh, Levi Bale, uh, it's just chuck it in your multi. It wouldn't take a single at that price, but it's a nice little multi builder, you know, a 35% increase as you go through. So uh, I will keep those, our eye on those two, Dan. Thanks for joining us today and all the best. Yeah, thanks very much for having me, Righto, as promised, uh, first practice, uh, Bathurst, uh, but do call us if you want to play Show Me The Money. We'll do that as soon as I've done the first practice uh, race times. 0800 150 811 to be part of Show Me The Money, a $50 TRB bonus bet multi, me, Sam and Captain K. And you, the listener, 0800 150 811. Call now. Uh, Practice one, uh, all the drivers. Uh, Will Davison topped the charts at... 204.36. 204.36. James Goulding, 204.38. <laughs> so close. Uh, Andre Heimgartner was third. David Reynolds, fourth. Nick Perkett, fifth. And the Giz, who will be partnering Garth Tander, um, he's in sixth. Then we've got Brock Feeney, Anton Di Pasquale, Chaz Mostert, Lee Holdsworth, Brody Kostecki, Scott Pye, Cam Waters, Tim Slade, Bryce Fullwood. Macaulay Jones, Mark Winterbottom, James Courtney, Craig Lowndes, Todd Hazelwood, Will Brown, where is he? Uh, Jack LeBrock, Chris Pitha, Jack Kostecki, Jack Smith, Matt Shields, Thomas Randall. And in 28th and final position, Richie Stanaway and Greg Murphy. Uh, they only did four laps. Or was it lap four that counted? It, uh, lap number four out of 13 was their fastest. So they are... 
208.2 and the leader, they're, they're four seconds down already. Not great news. Not great news. Um, goodness me, look at the calls that are coming, Sam. Yours, please. Sam, show me the money. Show you the money. Oh, it's time for Show Me the Money. There is a full board of calls. My goodness. Um, can't see who the names are. There's t- we've got 10 lines and they're awful. Let's go call. Let's go line five. Let's go line five. I don't know who that is. Uh, hello, line five. Who are we talking to? Damon. Uh, is that me? It's Damon. It's Damon. G'day, Damon. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Very good. Okay. Four legs, me, Sam, and Captain K. Sam, what's the batting order today? Uh, why don't you kick us off, Steph? You don't uh, kick us off first in a while. I'll kick us off, okay? Um, Sam's been begging me not to go too large, okay? So I'm just going to keep it very simple, and I'm going to take Wellington to win their quarterfinal head-to-head against Hawks Bay, $1.45. Oh. You happy, Sam? Show me the money. Oh, yeah. Relatively happy. Okay. $1.45. I think we're going all conservative today. I'll I'll go uh, number two, eh? I'm going to go to the Black Ferns. Right. Facing Australia on Saturday. And I'm just going to take Ruby Tui. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. To score a try at $1.40. Anytime try score at $1.40. Show me the money. We're going very conservative here, Steph, because I just want to get money in the bank for for our friend Damon on the line. Uh, Kiss. Yeah, boys, pretty nervous. I'm uh, currently over two, but that is going to change today. I'm telling you what. Chelsea this morning took on AC Milan, won 3 0. They go again on Sunday in the EPL, taking on Wolves. Oh, be very tired, yeah. I'm taking Chelsea head to head, $1.33. What do we always say about football, Steph? Never. You just three know it's going to be two, two three, all or something. Three results on the, on the cards. But hey, um, I'm confident in kids. So we've got. A three-leg multi right now sitting at $2.69, Damon. So it's up to you whether you push the boat out or you keep it safe and you just bank whatever money you've got coming in. Up to you. I think I'll keep it safe and I'll go for Waikato to beat Bay of Plenty. Okay. Waikato Bay of Plenty are from memory $1.55. Yep. Just scrolling through it now. Waikato Bay of Plenty, $1.55. So look, uh, four-leg multi. Uh, it comes out at $4.18. It's a bit of an Ian Smith multi. And if we put $50 on that, uh, it comes out at just a nice, tasty, it'll pay for your coffees for the next two or three months, $159.24. Mm, there we go. That's better than a kick in the head. Yeah, I've had a few, uh, I've had a cup, been lucky enough to get in a couple of times and got a little bit greedy, so I don't mind the conservative approach. Right. That's right, mate. It's, you know, we're going for uh, quality, not quantity, aren't we, Steph? If yeah. I could just describe the smile on Sam Hewitt's face that he thinks, he thinks it's across the line already. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's right already. No, it's Damon. because of last. It's because of the grand final tip that came in, Steph. I'm invincible. I'm yeah, invincible. You're invincible. Damon, we wish you all the very best. Thanks for calling through. Thanks for being a listener. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers. Cheers, team. Damon there. Um, how much did you say, Sam? $159. $159.24. Surely. Surely. We get it. If That's we, not bad. If we don't, I'm going back to the fences next week. <laughs> I'd rather miss a monster than miss a tiddler. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, we, 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 our philosophy with Show Me The Money, if people are sort of wondering, is to go big. We want to, we want to change someone's life, don't we, Steph? We yeah. want to we want to really help you out. 159 bucks. look, it's 
that's more for us than it is for Damon, isn't it? It's a bit of a confidence booster for us. Is it just me or does it sound like you're speaking in a shoebox now? I don't know what that oh, was. I was holding down my button. Oh, but, there you uh, go. That's, yeah. Better. Yeah. that's better. Sorry. <laughs> I'm too excited. That threw, that threw me. Show me the money every Thursday. Thanks to the TAB. TAB.co.nz is where you find all those odds that we gave out and a whole lot more. Um, it was a text message I wanted to read out. Can I get to it? Here it is. Great wee story about Bathurst. The fun police wanted a restriction on alcohol, so the officials placed a 48 can a day per person limit. <laughs> 48? That'll do me for a year. Holy hecka. Holy hecka. Um, all right, we'll have a break. Uh, remember, the Phoenix Nation show will be on three till four. Ricardo Ball, the uh, very first show will be today, and it's every Thursday through the A-League season, the Phoenix Nation football show, three till four Thursdays. Uh, we will take a break. We'll have a look back in the day, but stick around for the wonderful new Phoenix show. Back in a moment. Let's have a look back in the day. October 6, 1926, New York Yankees slugger Babe Ruth hit three home runs against the Cards in Game 4 of the World Series. He was the first player to accomplish the feat in a series game. 1993, Michael Jordan retired for the first time after leading the Bulls to three consecutive NBA titles. 2009, Brett Favre became the first quarterback in the history to beat all 32 NFL teams as the Vikings beat the Packers 30-23. Birthdays today, two of the commentating greats, Tony Gregg and Richie Benner, had their birthdays. Uh, 67 today, Tony Dungy. Uh, 56 today is Niall Quinn. And Dame Val Adams, a massive happy birthday to our iconic shot putter. If you were born on this day in 1991, the number one movie was The Fisher King, and the number one song was this. When I saw this on a uh, on the sheet from Kez, I thought it was going to be uh, I'm picking up good vibration. No, it's Marky Mark. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Sounds like a bit of you, Marky Mark. Me and my mates. Yeah, you and the Funky Bunch. Come on, come on. Say feel that ten it, times fast. It. No, I won't. Ricardo is stalking the studio, getting ready for Phoenix Nation. Thanks to Captain Kate. Wonderful job once again, buddy, and Sammy Hewitt for putting the show together. Phoenix next. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.